0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code Gators to double your first deposit. Only at MyBookie.ag. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you today after Florida escapes with a 31-28 victory over USF. Ooh, that one uh, escape is is the right word. Uh, talking to a lot of you uh, does not feel like a win, even though, it, believe me, it could be worse. Uh, a loss would be worse. But believe me, I completely understand. This one, uh, we, we were looking at this as a kind of a stepping stone get right game for the Gators before they traveled to Neelan and take on Tennessee next week. Uh, but it was not to be Florida playing a much closer game than we all expected and a much closer game than it should have been. Uh, but do get the victory over USF plenty. To talk about uh, in, in this game, of course, the quarterback position, still a huge work in progress for the Gators and Billy Napier in figuring out what Anthony Richardson can bring to the table. We'll get into all that, his struggles, especially in the second half of that game versus the Bulls, uh, the defense's slow start uh, to, to, to this game, uh, taking a step back, uh, much closer game, uh, I think, than we all expected there. So lots of questions after a 31-28 victory for the Gators as they head into their first SEC road game next week versus Tennessee. So hit that like button. I know you, the, the what we're going to talk about a whole lot won't be very, very positive, but uh, hey, don't let that hurt me. <laughs> hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Get these notifications when we go live right here on Gators Breakdown. Uh, click that bell notification. You'll get the notification. On Sundays, in these game review episodes, it's kind of up in the air when I'm able to go live uh, and stuff according to, you know, travel time and whenever I can wake up and get things going with the family at the time. So, it's, you know, I'll get them out as quickly as I can. Uh, but if you subscribe, get those bell notifications on YouTube to let you know uh, when we're going live right here on Gators Breakdown. Check us out on Gators Breakdown plus a discord, of course, really, really active during the games. In the aftermath of games and so far this morning as well big conversation going on with the there's a thread in there right now of course the thoughts on florida's victory over usf and i'll get into some of those uh before i sign off here on this episode of gators breakdown but so many of them are right now in that conversation going on in the discord so you can have some good conversation with some fellow gators breakdown plus members link to join is in the description so Man, Florida had to escape that one. And look, I, it's pretty fair to say, got away with one. Uh, I mean, did, did, did Florida call some of those turnovers we'll talk about? Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I, I think USF probably feels in, in a lot of ways they probably should have won that game. And I know a lot of you out there uh, in some of the conversations uh, feel that there's there were plenty of opportunities for Florida to lose that game. Uh, so USF turnovers honestly just... Were, were, we're bigger. That was the the biggest difference there. The pick six, of course, I mean, it's a three-point win for the Gators. A pick six goes a long way, uh, of course, in winning that game. So third game of the season, second week in a row where, honestly, it looks like this team is regressing. Um, all the hype from week one has pretty much been washed away, that big victory over Utah. The arrow does not seem to be pointing up for the Gators right now. Your quarterback is taking big steps backwards. Very little explosion in the passing game for the third straight game to kick off this season. And a defense that just looked like they were not ready to play uh, versus USF. And fortunately, for some turnovers that that were the difference in the game. We'll have plenty of time to look at big picture this week. We'll get into a little bit here. Uh, But this game shows us a very inconsistent Florida team right now. And look, I probably should go back um, I should take and stand by my own advice a little bit, even more, and even after the Utah game. But I got a bit wrapped up in it. Uh, you know, a, a lot of us did. And I thought this team could be pretty good coming into the season. And then that Utah win comes along and I tilted. Um, but big picture, I need to keep reminding myself as I was kind of coming into the season. You know, why I may, you know, why I could temper my expectations a bit as the need to transition is just not easy. Uh, a, new, a new coach does not mean instant success on the field. There's a lot to fix. This game versus USF shows us that. It shows us where we think uh, this team can be good in some areas, uh, but also just a lot of places where a lot of work is needed. A lot of work uh, is needed. And I said, then you're probably... The inconsistent, but the, you know, the, the arrow is pointing down uh, as far as the last couple of weeks go. Weren't able to build on the big Utah win. You lose a Kentucky last week, and then a lot of people are going to sit here and say, and I probably won't disagree with you too much, that Florida in a lot of ways should have lost this game. So let's take a look at the stats, and that can show us a good bit of why maybe Florida should have lost this game. Taking a look at it right here, USF, 402 total yards compared to Florida's 329. They outpass Florida, 116 yards to 112. Neither team really lighting it up in the passing game. Both teams go over 200 yards rushing. Yeah, both teams do. And USF, 286, but part of that was... Uh, the, the fumbled snap that good. they had 300 yards rushing. They also killed themselves nine penalties, 73 yards. There were some ticky, ticky-tack penalties on them, I thought. Uh, so, you know, Florida fortunate there, too. Six penalties for Florida for 48 yards. Uh, USF, 23 first down advantage over Florida, 17. Another story of the game, Florida woeful on third down again this week. Third Three of eight, USF goes eight of 15. Also, they go two for two on fourth down. USF runs 74 plays to Florida's 48. Now, some of that was the the first half, and we'll get into that a little bit too. The the, the first half had a weird flow to it. Florida gets a pick six, has a big run. So, of course, you're not going to have many offensive plays if your defense can't get off the field. We'll get into that. Plenty in Florida Where Florida did have one advantage and do not get me wrong. It's not like it was really explosive, of course, but Florida 6.9 yards average per play to 5.4 for USF average yard completion for Florida, 11.2 average yards of rush 7.2 Florida had a yard advantage there over USF 7.2 yards per rush 6.2 for USF uh, a, a team that was running the ball very well against Florida. Both teams, Missed one opportunity in the red zone. Florida three of four in the red zone. USF four-of-five. Time of possession. Big, big topic here. Kind of get into that a bit more after this. But the stat there, 36 minutes, 19 seconds for USF. Florida only 2341. Turnovers. Five total. Three for USF. Two for the Gators. Two fumbles for USF. They lose one. Not many sacks to speak of, both teams. USF got the one sack, but both teams with four tackles for loss. So there's your overall stat. I mean, that, that can kind of tell you the story of the game I and mean, why it was a three-point victory for Florida. Um, of course, you know we can always joke about total yards and you know, should that equate to a victory. But when you look at the, the one stat right there, total yards, and you see USF 402 and Florida 329, yes, you can absolutely take a thing and take some stuff away from that, and it, you, it at least shows you why it was a close game. But you go to total yards, you go to turnovers, and there's your story of the game. More story of the game, looking at stats here. Let's go to Florida's offense. Anthony Richardson still leaving a lot to be desired. 10 of 18, only 112 yards. Once again, no touchdowns, two more interceptions, only completing 56% of his passes. Go to receiving there to continue this passing game. Keon Zipper, a little bit more involved, of course, really early in the game, the first drive, of course. Uh, He goes three, catches 29 yards. Xavier Henderson, three catches, three yards. There's that issue again. Justin Shorter, two catches, 33 yards. Whittemore, one catch. Pearsall, one catch. I mean, look, you can just... That that tells you a story right there, right? I mean, first of all, only 10 completions. And then Ricky Pearsall, your best receiver, only one catch. Xavier Henderson, the stat line, three catches, three yards. Uh, we'll have to keep hitting that over and over again, I guess. I uh, just... You know, don't I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I I know the strategy behind it, but there's just nothing there that he can create. Justin Shorter with a very nice catch, where Florida's driving down the field and Anthony Richardson ends that drives an interception. We'll get into that too. But of course, the big difference for Florida and what we have been screaming about, and we'll probably scream even more about, because of this type of performance. And your quarterback struggling. Look at these rushing totals for Florida. Montrell Johnson, only six carries. But man, 103 yards, one touchdown, the 62-yard run, averaging 17.2 yards a carry. Trevor Etienne continues his very good start to his career. Six attempts, 37 yards. um, My bad, eight attempts, 56 yards, one touchdown. Uh, he was averaging seven yards a carry. Naquan Wright, respectable day as well, six carries, 37 yards, 6.2 yards a carry. Uh, but as you can kind of tell, it is Johnson, it is ETN who are the difference makers. They are hitting the explosives. Johnson with the 62-yard run. ETN had a 16-yarder for his long. It, that that That's where your difference is. And, and, and In an offense right now that is really struggling to create explosives in the passing game, they are there in the run game, but they are there with Johnson, and they are there with ETN. One more time for Johnson. Six carries, 103 yards. That 62-yard run, Trevor ETN, eight attempts, 56 yards. And then we're at one place where we thought we'd have a lot of explosion. In the run game, would be quarterback Anthony Richardson, and the whole game is just off right now. Did have a 16-yard run, but still seven attempts, 24 yards, 3.4-yard average. Combined, there 30 attempts for the Gators, 217 yards, three rushing touchdowns. And then let's go to the other side, USF Bulls. Their stats, and I mean, it's gonna gonna hit you again with, with their rushing totals of course, but let's start first with Jerry Bohannon. The transfer from Baylor coming in, didn't really play all that well in the passing game either. 12-28, 116 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Him and AR, I mean, I guess they were just uh, trying to compete with each other on the same level right there. Did have one big night from Xavier Weaver, the receiver we all kind of told you to look for in this game coming up. Against the USF, and he did not disappoint. Eight catches, eighty-two yards, ten point three yard average. He was targeted thirteen times. It was definitely Bohannon's go-to target. Brian Batty receiving nothing really there after Weaver. I mean, Bohannon completed twelve passes, eight of them <laughs> were completed to Weaver uh, there. But the second lead receiver was running back Batty, two catches, seven yards. Nothing, nothing much there. But rushing, of course, that's where, that's where it goes. Just some chunk yards. A lot of yardage. Brian Batty, 17 carries, 150 yards, one touchdown, had a 51-yard run. He averaged 8.8 yards a carry for the night. Bohannon run more this game than he did um, in the previous couple games. To kick off this season, Billy Napier mentioned that in the post game. We'll get into that a little bit more too. But 15 carries for the quarterback, 102 yards. I mean, that was the stat you would have expected Anthony Richardson to produce. Maybe if the passing game is struggling, all right, well, maybe you run the quarterback. Well, South Florida had no issue moving their game strategy to running the quarterback for 15 carries, 102 yards, one touchdown, a 15. Yard run for his longest, 6.8 yards a carry. And then Jared Mangum, five carries, 33 yards. Along with 23, 6.6 yards a carry there. The said, 46 attempts, 286 yards, three rushing touchdowns for USF as well as the average 6.2 yards a carry for the Bulls. So there we go. That's your stat look for how this game played out. And look, it can tell you. It can tell you the storyline of the game a bit. And we'll dive deeper uh, into those storylines. But before we do, it is NFL Week 2 action. Prepare for your winning season at my bookie. Some like to bet to earn, some bet to make the season more exciting. But either way, my bookie gives you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus. It's quick and easy. A $250 deposit puts $500 in your account instantly. And you can use your funds to bet on as many games, contests, and props as you want. To claim your bonus, register today and use promo code GATERS designed to add more excitement to the game and sport you love. That's promo code GATERS to double your money up to 1000 bucks with MyBookie. It's only week two in the NFL season, which means there's still plenty of time to get in on the action. So don't miss out. Begin your winning season today exclusively at MyBookie. Well, I think, you know, you go back and look at the stats. You just go back and look at the game. I mean, I'm not telling you something you guys don't know, but it's something we've kind of harped on. Definitely needs to rely on the run game even more. And two reasons, of course. First, credit to the running backs and offensive linemen. They came out, ran the ball like they were supposed to. USF really couldn't stop it. The biggest aspect of the run game reliability is it is needed to protect an unreliable quarterback right now. Anthony Richardson looks lost. Completely lost right now. He wasn't doing anything special with his arm in the first half, but you know, Florida was running the ball well. Richardson started he did start well. Nothing exciting, nothing crazy, but an eight to ten started the game. That included receptions of 20 to Zipperer, 14 to Pearsall. 33 to Whittemore in five of his first six throws. So, okay, maybe he's looking a little more comfortable. Of course, quality of competition comes into play, and granted, that's why we are kind of down about this right now. But, okay, comes out, rebounding a bit versus Kentucky. But, no, it didn't hold up. Second half starts. USF starts forcing him to make decisions. With that comes slow decisions, bad decisions, bad throws, two more interceptions. I know the injury question's coming up a bit, but Napier didn't sound concerned as far as that goes. Richardson himself is saying he's not that limited by anything like that. Says sometimes he's in pain, but he's not really limited. I'll admit it, it is odd not to see him running, but he told us last week he's a quarterback and he wants to throw. And without us knowing the exact play calls and what checks and changes he's making at the line, it's hard to know how many design runs are called. With the way the running backs are performing, I'm inclined to run it with them anyway. But all that at the same time is we know the athlete, Anthony Richardson, can be with his legs, and it is odd that we're not seeing it. But is he changing out of design quarterback runs? Last week, that's kind of what he made it sound like. I'm a quarterback I want to throw. Well, okay, but NFL scouts and your head coach and your coaches will also want to see you play within a game plan and put your team in the best position. So I don't care what you want to do. (laughs) Yeah, you may want to go prove that you can throw the ball. Well, I mean, actually, the last two weeks, there is already enough evidence. He can't not. He can't do it. He's going to have to learn to play within the offense. And like I said, it's hard hard to gauge, hard to know without knowing what play calls are coming in. But he's got the freedom to change plays. And it's worked for Florida a little bit. And it's really hurt Florida at the same time. You know, at what point does the confidence wane from the coaching staff with decision-making? I'm talking about making right reads and calls and decisions to throw some of these passes. I mean, that's just it. You know, it's, it. It's the read, it's the changes, it's the calls, but also just purely decisions to just to throw some of these passes. Both interceptions offer something there. The first, he has all day to throw, comes back to the middle of the field late. No, that's something you know you can't do. It's picked and then returned to give USF great field position. So not only are these turnovers reducing your chances, reducing your plays, but these interceptions are leading to points for the opponents. It's putting them in great field position. It's directly taking points away from Florida. That's what the second interception did. I mean, these interceptions are, are massive that Anthony Richardson's throwing. they not just small. Okay. Well, you know, it's a, Interception and the guy's tackled right away. I mean, in this game, it's taking points away because you threw one in the end zone. and another one, you let the guy, re- like the, last week, a long return. I mean, the second one, like I said, it takes points away from Florida. His second interception of the game, Gators are marching down the field. That drive starts with that beautiful 30-yard catch from Justin Shorter on the sideline there. Then three of the next four runs for Montreal Johnson go 10 yards, 6 yards, 18 yards. The Gators are at the 5-yard line just gashing South Florida on the ground once again. Richardson pre-snap reads to one-on-one coverage to shorter to his left. I mean, not a terrible decision, not a terrible read to, to change it there. But the throw's low. A back shoulder fade, Napier says, after the game when it should have, of course, been a normal fade over the shoulder toward the back of the end zone. Easy pick, never gives Shorter even a chance to catch that ball. So what at what point do you limit the pre snap reads? It's tricky and it's a fine line, believe me, because you want to put your team in the best position. And the honestly, the Richardson could be putting the team in the better play call, but if he can't execute it, what good is it doing? I mean, they said it was a pre snap check for AR on, on Montreal Johnson's big touchdown run. And you want to be able to trust your quarterback to make those decisions. And while the throw to throw the shorter was the right decision, the execution lacks. So if the execution is going to continue lacking, it doesn't matter what the pre snap read does. If you can't execute it, you know, So do you throw in more quarterback design runs, to maybe get him comfortable to maybe see if he can use that athleticism? And just say, oh, you, and you can't change it. But then you you go that. Oh, Hard nosed about it, okay. Well, you go then, and, and don't get me wrong. I think you you do it to a point till the defense proves they can maybe stop it. Same with the the same with the running game. I don't care if they're going to stack the box. Make them prove they can stop it. But to maybe get Anthony Richardson more involved, the ball in his hands, to be the athlete. I mean, he looks off running the ball too. But they say injury's not a uh, concern, I, and from what I've heard, it's not either. But at what point do you say, all right, design quarterback run? And this is, this is what it's going to be. I mean, it may sound basic, may sound too simple, but and I'm, I'm limiting some of these checks and calls until he can, if he can prove that he can do it. I'm, I'm relying on this run game even more. They have once again showed that they can carry this offense, being led by Johnson and ETN. No surprise there. Shout out to the offensive line once again for a really good game. Austin Barber stepping in for Tarquin at right tackle. A big explosion, big run for a touchdown. But the main topic, of course, that word, I mean, just, I don't have the answer. I don't know. I don't know how you approach and handle Anthony Richardson moving forward. And it's bad and sad to say your quarterback looks lost. And we're three games into the season. You know, weird flow to the game in the first half, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, a lot of that due to the defense's inability to stop the South Florida run game. Uh, South Florida's second drive of the game, it was a 12-play, 81-yard drive. Took 6 minutes and 46 seconds off the clock. Ensuing possession for Florida went 3 plays, 75 yards, scoring the long Montreux johnson run in just over a minute and a half. Then USF puts together a 4-minute, four 4-second four drive on 9 plays. Then Florida has a six-minute, 12-play, 88-yard drive, then gets a pick six. So the offense doesn't get back on the field after USF goes on a 12-play, 43-yard, three-minute drive to end the half. Just a weird flow because of the pick six and the big Montreal Johnson run. So, of course, that limited Florida's offensive snaps uh, in the first half. But more importantly with that, it was mainly because the defense couldn't get off the field. You allowed USF to have these long drives. Florida would have had more offensive plays and maybe been able to put up some more points as the offense was hitting some explosives in the run game, of course. Anthony Richardson looked better in the first half. But defense couldn't get out the field to give the offense the ball. The score at halftime, 24-13. The Gators had only won, run 23 plays compared to South Florida's 40. As I said, there were some reasons for that. pick six, big Montreal run. This really says more about the defense not being able to get off the field. South Florida had 216 rushing yards in the first half. Converted 5 of 8 on third down. 1 of 1 on fourth down. Time of possession, 18 minutes and 34 seconds in the first half. Fortunately, held to two two field goals, thankfully. But it's about all the good the Gators defense did paired with the turnovers they created. Holding them to field goals, creating turnovers. USF was driving on the first drive of the game before a fumble. And then, of course, you get the pick six by Jalen Kemper. So turnover is huge there for the Gators. Second half, a little better stat-wise. USF still had drives of 11 plays, taking six minutes and 21 seconds. 12-play, 39-yard drive with four minutes, 37 seconds taken off the clock. So while they played better in the second half by limiting USF to 130 total yards, 70 rushing, Bounced back a little bit from the first half to the second half. 2.9 yards a rush. So there were, you know, there were many times USF was just hurting themselves. But run defense did play marginally better in the second half. But overall for the defense, a huge step back from last week when it looked like they had made some strides, especially in run defense. And Billy Napier, a quote from him after the game, I do think that we're in good calls. I think it's more about execution first, second, and third level being on the same page, I'm pretty confident when you go watch the tape that you'll see one player maybe not doing what they're supposed to do. You can see it. You absolutely can see it. Ventro Miller being out, certainly missed, as we probably knew it would be. It was missed last year. Definitely missed in his first game absence here versus USF. Now, Napri did say USF had shown some things that They hadn't put on film with the quarterback run game, so paired all that with a defense that looked a lot like last year's defense and not being able to be in position, taking wrong gaps, not doing their job, taking themselves right out of plays way too often. You could tell the leader was being missed out there, making sure guys are in their spots. And Britton Cox is probably the perfect example of this defense right now. Inconsistent. He will make the same mistakes of running himself out of the play, only to have other plays in the game where he looks like the best player on the field. In this case, making plays late when the, when the Florida defense really needed a clamp down. But he certainly wasn't the only one, and, and his good plays are pretty impactful. Uh, with him, we're at this point, we still have to take the good with the bad. Seemed more good than in the past, but his other plays still linger, still linger way too much. Inconsistent. Yeah, his, his 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 positive plays though are, are do have a bigger impact than what they have had in years past. Good performance from Des Watson, getting some more playing time. He was out there doing his job more than we have seen it, taking up space, creating play, uh creating for some of the other defensive linemen up there, moving offensive linemen, three tackles, one big tackle for a loss where he just unloads on the South Florida running back. Billy Napier had this to say after the game. I think Dez is a guy that I'm really proud of. I think his teammates are proud of him in particular. I'd say late summer until now, the guy's made wholesale change in his approach to life. He's learning discipline. He's learning good habits. He's lost close to 40 pounds. He's lost another chunk of weight this week and it's affecting his play. He's not only playing good football, but he's walking around with a smile on his face. I think he's making progress as a person and I think losing weight is making him a more effective contributor to our team. Des can be a weapon for our team. I really believe that. It's great to see him learn some things about himself and life through the game. He made some critical plays there tonight. So hopefully as he's shedding those pounds and getting in, in weight, we know Florida's issues up front. Well chronicled, of course, one player that we were really looking at counting on and, and then on the field a, a whole lot those first couple of games. But if this continues, Hopefully the conditioning comes along and he's on the field a bit more. But yeah, I mean, Billy Napier didn't hide it, of course, with just mainly a lack of execution. Got to put the players are in in position, but we have to see how this defense adjusts now. I mean, if this is going to keep being an issue, how are you teaching the defense? Can't revert back to a, what we saw before, the, before these guys, before this new staff got here. Look, I mean, some, some habits are going to be hard to break, of course. You know, as I kind of go back to earlier in this episode, it's, just because you bring in a new staff does not mean everything is an instant fix. Some things will be, some things won't be. And you got to kind of look at it. I mean, a lot of these contributors for this team right now, a lot of the better contributors from this, for this team right now, especially on the offensive side, are, are, the, are the newcomers. Torrance, Johnson, Pearsall. Defense, we're seeing some young guys step up and make some plays. Had Kimber there, of course, with the pick six. Watson now getting on the field. See the young linebackers out there. some of a lot of the older guys and still you know trading and Brenton Cox, so as i said I, I I like the positives I see from Brenton Cox still too many negatives, but the the, the positives are there too trading not man, that's just so much inconsistency and out of position and i don't know what I don't know what you do there and then Montreux Johnson after the game. Maybe some solace. I mean, maybe saying the right things. If you do want to hear this part, he did say the locker room energy closely resembled defeat. It's kind of like it was kind of like we lost. Johnson said everyone knew we could play, have played better. You know what I mean? Nobody was really excited about the win. Well, yeah, I mean it was not a good performance there versus. You know a team Florida should have been able to get right against and and it did not happen did not happen at all some good things as we said that this run game continues to be something this this Gator offense can count on and is going to need to count on moving forward because you certainly cannot count and rely on quarterback play right now and like I said you you you'd hope that would open up the passing game a bit. Florida's ability to run, but decision-making from the quarterback, whether it be slow, whether it be just a bad decision to throw, locations of throws, just hard right now. We'll have to see how much Florida decides to lean on the run game. To me, that's the story moving forward. I mean, yes, Anthony Richardson is the story, too. Can he turn it around? But up until that point, what does it look like with the Florida run game? Do you lean on it even more? I mean, we'll get into it, of course. Coming up this week with the opponent you play next week versus Tennessee, I mean, the the best plan of attack is to rely on that run game and try to keep that Tennessee offense on the sideline. All right, mentioned Gators Breakdown Plus and the conversation going on there, getting the thoughts from Gators Breakdown Plus members. Let's start it off with Rooster. If AR can't get it together in the swamp, how is he going to survive 100K at Nealon? Miller is the heartbeat of the defense, and it showed. Trading needs to be a reserve player because it's clear there's nothing he can do correctly. Yeah I mean that goes back to Anthony Richardson's confidence uh, a bit. as I said, he looked lost in the second half, um, did say in the post game that a little bit kind of getting kind of getting it back a bit, but it didn't look like it in the second half. Uh, and if uh, these last two games and those performances, if that happens again next week in Tennessee, where's the mindset? Where's the mindset? Right now, with Jack Miller hurt, there's anybody Billy Napier's willing to turn to. You know last week it didn't really bother me all too much. Anthony Richardson needs that experience. Not really sure any of the other quarterbacks win the game for you anyway. but as long you know we start getting start getting more data points and start seeing Anthony Richardson's performance, then you can't help but wonder if he's going to continue to put you in bad situations. What do you do if he's not learning from them and has continued hurting the team with his turnovers? No touchdown passes still and a slew of interceptions. So yeah, next week in Neyland's scary if you get off to another slow start. How much confidence is there in himself? How much confidence is there from the coaching staff to him to be able to go play well in that, in the, in that scenario? It is frustrating. I mean, there's no, there's not a lot of easy answers here. And that just kind of goes back to, um, you know, this is this is a year one uh, of a staff. It wasn't going to be easy. Week one, J did this a bit. I fell into that trap a bit, admittedly. I, I'll, I'll fully admit it. But, man, you know, it's going to be a roller coaster, it looks like. I mean, at this point, you, you probably take a roller coaster, you know, maybe some Maybe a game you shouldn't win. Maybe a game you shouldn't lose. Maybe some perform- performances you get away with, like last night. You hope that maybe goes about with competition now ramping up as SEC play is really going to be starting in earnest. All right, here we go. Let's keep it going on Armand Jones. We need to feed two and seven at least 15 times a game. And keep Kimber on the field opposite Marshall. Yep, of course, two and seven. Yeah, uh, as we move forward, you do look at, as I say, relying on the run game more. And yeah, those two guys leading the charge. Ryan S. says, that was ugly. We're a poorly coached team right now. AR isn't the player we hoped he would be. May not ever be it. Defense looked lost and confused, similar to the last two seasons, and never once tried to adjust. I know it's Mullins players, but this team and coaching staff have a ways to go. It's going to be very hard to win six games this year, looking like we did last night. AR is a head case right now and not and, and, right now and making terrible decisions. Hard to, hard to disagree there. Uh, Billy Napier does say they were. You know, schematically and in the and on defense, and it you know made it sound like the the staff was doing their job, but guys just going out there and one more time quote I do think we're in good cause. I think it's more about execution, first, second, and third level being on the same page. Well, being on the same page, of course, that does lend itself to your leader not being out there. And maybe having everybody in the right, right spots. Right frame of mind. Going into a play. Swagadelic says this is more of a Napier problem than an AR problem. AR showed command of Mullen's passing schemes, but has yet to be effective in Napier's. He's got first-round talent. Let's hope he needs more reps in Napier's system. I, mean, I, I think that last part is it. I'm not going to sit here and... You know, of course, he should look better in Mullen's system last year. It was his second year in it, uh, a lot more experience uh, in, in that system there. But also now, at the same time, I, confidence comes into play right now. Uh, of course, I think you know where is he at mentally. Some, some of the times, the play calling's been last week. I didn't think it was that, you know. I didn't think it was the, the play calling all too much, but I did say at the same time, eventually, doesn't matter if the play calls are there or not. If you guys can't execute it, then you got to adjust. How do you adjust with that quarterback? How do you adjust in the play calls? Got to lean more on that run game. I think we all see that, know that. Let's see. Trying to JP Gator throws him some nice stats. Tie for 105th in the country in explosive pass plays for over 120 yard or for over 20 yards. 105th in the country in explosive pass plays for over 20 yards. Yeah, no big plays in the passing game whatsoever. Let's see. Da, 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 trying to. All right. Yeah, mostly just the conversation just keeps going in there. Armand Jones does bring up something interesting. He says, in the offensive coordinator's defense, which, you know, Billy Napier, offense is built for a game manager at the quarterback position. Well, I know kind of where we leaned on where this offense might be different compared to what we saw at Louisiana, where you were hoping you would have a more playmaking quarterback and it could open up the offense where your quarterback didn't have to be a game manager. And I guess the question would be, if you have to go back to quote-unquote game manager style of play calling, It doesn't look like right now Anthony Richardson can do that. And that's that's your worry there. So, all right. There we go. Some good thoughts from Gators Breakdown Plus members. I see you in the YouTube chat, everybody. Thanks for uh, keeping that going each and every week. Thanks for hopping on here. man. I do think um, we've learned a lot the last couple of weeks. Definitely the extent of this team's inconsistency and nowhere near the ability of playing at a top level the last couple of weeks. You're not hitting that right now. We're not even getting close to that right now. Going into week four, going into your first road game, the arrows kind of pointing down, trending down. And I know some will say, you know, it's kind of, kind of crazy that, you know, you win and, and arrows pointing down. But, I mean, come on. You, you look at it. We know that wasn't a performance we were expecting versus USF. And on the hills of what we saw last week, So it's just all about, right now I think it's confidence and trust. Where's the confidence and trust from Napier to Anthony Richardson and Richardson himself? Where's his confidence? Where where is his trust? And if he don't have it in himself, then eventually it's going to have to go from the head coach to him that, all right, well, if you don't have it yourself and you're not showing it out there with your performance, something's going to have to change. Does that change when Jack Miller comes back? Does that change with another quarterback option? I don't necessarily think so, but you can't go out there and keep putting your team in bad spots. And that's exactly what's happening right now. It's not just bad performances. You're really hurting the entire team with these turnovers. Putting the team in the hole, putting your defense in bad spots. I think the first, easiest change that we can look at right now is just simply, I hate to keep going back on it, but it is just more runs. Starting with those running backs, starting with ETN, starting with Johnson, and maybe finding a way to get AR more involved in the run game as well. Right, there we go. We'll see what Billy Napier has to say on Monday. He'll... Watch the film, of course. I'll get a rewatch in at the same time. Hopefully on, on Sunday, Monday. Will and I will be able to talk about it more on Monday night. But There we go. That'll do it for this game review of Florida's 31-28 victory over USF. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.